The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first series Use IMAP to check email on other email spots. clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to 2020 Predictions Month on the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this month we're looking into the crystal ball to tell you SEOs and content marketers what you can expect in 2020. Joining us for SEO Predictions Month is Eric Enga, who's the principal of digital marketing at Proficient Digital, which is a leading digital transformation consulting firm serving enterprise customers with unparalleled information technology, management consulting, and creative capabilities. And today, Eric is going to share his predictions for why Google will be integrating more features into its UI in 2020. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash a w t okay here's my conversation with eric inga principal for digital marketing at proficient digital eric welcome back to the voices of search podcast thanks benjamin thanks for having me back i think it's your third time on the show i i officially think we can call you a friend of the pod great to catch up again Ooh, what an interesting title friend of the pod i think i have to change uh, like a tagline on my twitter handle to that or something I'll be honest, we stole it from Pod Save America. We're going to print t-shirts, but we need something more SEO focused. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to optimize your LinkedIn profile one podcast appearance at a time. Let's start off with uh, your SEO predictions. It's a new year. We've got a clean slate. Tell us a little bit about what you think is going to be happening with Google. You mentioned offline that you think they're going to be integrating more features into the UI and did some research Tell us about your predictions for 2020 and how is it going to affect Google's front end? So I do think it's actually a really important ongoing initiative at Google to keep implementing and testing out new ways of improving the, uh, the overall search results from their perspective. Improving is in, in their definition of what improving is. 
and just just to be clear, the kinds of things I'm talking about that we've all already seen, we've seen the featured snippets, which are the kinds of instant answers which are sourced from third-party websites. We've seen a knowledge panel or knowledge graph results, which are things like, you know, how many ounces in a pound kind of uh, things where Google just answers quick factual questions. 16, right? <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, local search results, image carousels, video carousels, news results. People also ask boxes. There's so many different kinds of features. And they are going to keep doing more of these things. Eric, let me ask you, tell me the underlying reason why all of this is happening. Sure. So basically, what Google is trying to do is, well, ultimately, they're trying to get more revenue from their platform. And there's two different ways they can do that. One is that they can go ahead and do things where they monetize each visitor better. And they might do that by keeping the visitor on their platform more. And then the other way they can do that is that they can cause people to use the service more. Let's talk about both of those in turn. The first part is in terms of monetizing the platform more. Well, in theory, if the users get the answers that they need from Google on platform without having to leave, they might continue to engage more with the platform and do more things, which will eventually lead to them clicking. That's one way to increase revenue, right? Right. The other way is to increase usage because the results they provide are so satisfying to users that the users just want to keep coming back and getting more and more answers out of Google rather than migrating off to other ways of getting answers, like asking your friend via text or something like that. So there's an interesting juxtaposition of the SEO community and Google here, where us as a community of you know content marketers and content optimizers are sitting here saying, I'm doing my best to get my content to be recognized by Google as the best possible piece of content. And then Google is turning around and saying, thanks for the information. I'm going to present that to the consumer on google.com in a way that only gets them to consume the content on my domain, and you get no additional trackable value out of it. I understand from a Google perspective, they're big enough that they could pull this off where they essentially are not necessarily stealing, but they're taking content from websites and they're presenting it as essentially their own, or at least in their own experience, and providing no value to the creators of that content or less or little value to the creators of that content. Don't you think that there's risk for Google in this scenario where they're bringing everything into the answer box? They're bringing all of these UIs. It seems like I agree with you that this is a path that they're going down more and more to keep people sort of within their walled garden. But it also seems like there's some potential backlash from the SEO community. Uh, and you know we're starting to see that with the Rap Genius, uh, you know, lawsuit and some of the other things that have happened in 2019. How do you feel about Google's strategy and are they taking on more risk? So, well, there's an inherent risk and I think it's much broader than the SEO community. Google, first of all, pure walled gardens don't work. Never have, never will. Users don't want them. So if Google tries to keep people too much on the Google platform and they exceed some level of acceptable norm, it's the users who will seek other answers and their usage level will go down. So I think there's a dynamic tension there where Google has to set a balance of not going too far 
in order to not threaten their market share, basically, in their use. And yes, people say Google doesn't have any competitors. Sure they do. They have calling your friend is a competitor. Texting your friend is a competitor. Going to Amazon is a competitor. Right? There's a lot of different places that users can go get, get things. And yes, going to Bing is a competitor. It might be in the appropriate place in that list since I had it about fourth. Uh, yeah, there are different things that provide some dynamic tensions. Understood. It's interesting to hear you say it's basically what I'm inferring from this is Google doesn't necessarily care about how the SEO community feels about their content being repurposed on Google's domain. They're only going to act and start changing the user experience when the end consumers start asking for it. This is a question of you know, whether they can not necessarily get away with it, but they're going to take as much content and put it on their platform as they possibly can and let the users decide what is enough value and what's enough utility on the Google domain or when they want to bounce to another experience. Well, that's not actually what I meant to imply exactly. So let me clarify a little bit. So I think the more important pressure is from users on Google and the SEO community. And yes, the SEO community matters to a degree too. But I went to the user side of the answer because it's the more fundamental issue. It speaks right to the core of their business. But let me just talk a little bit about, the since you've alluded to it here, or actually we're quite direct about it, on the featured snippets side of things. That's the case where featured snippets, again, is a thing where Google will crawl a third-party website, see what's potentially an answer to a user's question, render content from that website directly in their search results, and they get a attribution link as credit for being the source of that information. Mm -hmm. That's, in principle, what a featured snippet is supposed to be. So that trade, as it were, in other words, we use your content, you get an attribution link, might not be as good as the original trade that publishers have with Google, which is that Google would show publishers' listings and their result, and you get traffic. You get all the traffic. Now you don't get all the traffic, is the, you know, the way the argument goes. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Yeah, essentially, winning the game is a little less valuable because even when you win, when you show up in the 
top result, when you are a featured snippet, no one's actually being directed to your landing experience, which doesn't give you the customer relationship. Speaks to the changes of SEO becoming more of a brand channel than it is a performance marketing channel. There's still value out of being seen in a featured snippet, but you're just not getting the user to your domain. You don't get the ability to upsell, cross-sell, build the relationship, retarget. And that's really where therein lies the rub of what's the value of SEO when Google is starting to own the relationship or, or not sending people to another domain. Yeah. So there's no question, and this is the reason why I put it the way I did, the nature of the deal between the publisher and, and Google has evolved because of featured snippets. And the brand value might not be seen as good. I'm still in the process of trying to dig out data, by the way, which determines whether or not the users or clicks to the site showing in the featured snippet, in fact, decline. I don't think we've actually seen clear data on that yet. But there is reason to believe that it might in many cases. So yeah, it is a big change. I think it's one that is hard to swallow for a lot of people. But on the other hand, almost everybody I see in the SEO community is talking about what they can do to earn more featured snippets. So talk to me about some of the data that you've pulled and some of the analysis that you've done evaluating some of the value of featured snippets and why they're important. Sure. So first of all, let me just briefly explain the source of the data, which is we worked with a company called Authority Labs. And what we did is we got search ranking data and clickstream data, the same 2 billion queries tracked on a daily basis for 30 consecutive days. And from that, we were able to build some detailed models on how different search features impact search results. Among other things, we saw that in the organic world, about a third of all queries end up in no click. And in the mobile world, slightly more than half, I think it's around 54% of all queries end up in no click. So the user either gets the answer they want directly from Google or they clicked a related search or modified their search query or didn't click on anything. So that's interesting already on the surface to see how large that landscape is. We also have done some testing that suggests that in the area of featured snippets, that there is a small degradation in the number of total clicks that go out to the SERP as a whole. We haven't yet isolated down that data to see how it impacts the person ranking number one or who got the featured snippet. But it does look like there is a clearly a, an indication that people are getting their answers from the feature snippet rather than clicking through, at least some of the time. So you're, you're doing some analysis to say, look, there's only a certain percentage of people that are going to click to begin with, and there is value. People are still you know, reading the information from the featured snippet. Uh, how do you quantify what that value is? I have no idea. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> there still is some value and people are actually consuming the featured snippet is the, the conclusion here. Yeah. I mean, clearly it's better value if they click through to your site. The question we're still working on answering is just, is the person getting the feature snippet in fact getting fewer clicks or not? I hope to have that answer sometime over the next couple of weeks. Well, stay tuned. We'll have to have you back on the show. 
at the end of the day, the prediction here is that there's going to be more featured snippets and more changes to the UI where Google is presenting information that is not necessarily owned by Google. Any other places where you think we will see Google put in more featured snippets? Any predictions for how the UI will change? Well, it isn't just featured snippets, first of all. Just for clarity, I think that's one of the big areas is featured snippets for sure. But I think it's also more different types of search features. I think Google is on a journey to try many different experiments. And that's why we keep continually seeing new kinds of things show up in the search results. You know, we all read SEO Roundtable and Barry Schwartz when he puts out the latest spotted in the wild, this new thing has happened in the search results. I think that journey is going to continue, especially in the mobile environment, because I do think that Google is pressing as many different ways as they can to leverage the immense data they have to find ways to create what they consider a more engaging experience and a more enriching for Google. So I think the headline here is that SEOs need to keep an eye on some of the UI changes for Google. And while it's going to be harder to quantify the value that brands are getting from their search experience, there's going to be more of an opportunity with submitting your content directly to Google and formatting your content in a way that makes it appropriate for Google to grab that allows you to get ahead of the line and essentially win the search experience. Yes. And the key for publishers is learn to take advantage of all of Google's search features that apply to your business. Does it make sense for you to be doing YouTube videos? Then do that. Does it make sense for you to be playing an image search? Then do that. Does it make sense for you to chase feature snippets? You know, you got to take advantage of this changing search landscape to maximize your yield. Just straight web pages isn't going to... Yeah, you can get a lot out of them, but you'll get a lot more if you play a much bigger game. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Eric Enga, Principal of Digital Marketing at Proficient Digital. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Eric is going to discuss why visual search is more important than voice search in 2020. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to contact Eric, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Stone Temple, S-T-O-N-E-T-E-M-P-L-E. Or you can visit his company's website, which is Proficient Digital. P-E-R-F-I-C-I-E-N-T digital.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. 
If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions, your SEO questions, or apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast as well. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle for the show is Voices of Search on Twitter, or you can reach out to me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Eric Enga, Principal of Digital Marketing at Proficient Digital, we're going to publish content multiple times a week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed soon. Okay, that's it for today. Until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.